Welcome to Commerce Growth Lab, the community for commerce strategies and tactics. I'm your host, Franco Variano. This season, the podcast focuses on speaking with some of the most interesting and successful trendsetters, entrepreneurs, and leaders in commerce. Together, we'll dive into their unique stories, experience their highs and lows, and gain from their insights and experiences as they continue to shape this industry. If you really believe in your product and your company, it's your service to tell the world about it. And it's your service to to notify prospective customers about it because you're going to bring value to their lives. Today, we're chatting with Eric Banowulf, the founder of Beard Brand, the market leader for urban beardsmen and the bearded lifestyle. Eric joins us to share his story, how he took Beard Brand from a side project to a full-time business, how he approached designing the Beard Brand community and brand, and lots more. So let's get started. Hey, Eric, thanks so much for being on the show today. What's going on, Franco? Happy to be here. Man, absolutely pumped to have you here. Really excited to you know dive into this, learn more about you, beard brand, and and everything. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Where are you from, and what did you study? Well, right now I live down in Austin, Texas. But growing up, I, I grew up in South Carolina. I went to school in South Carolina at the University of South Carolina. Go Cox for any uh, Gamecock fans out there. And uh, I'm one of the few people who's actually doing in their lives, what they studied in school. I had a major in marketing and management with a focus on entrepreneurship, and my minor was in retail. So I don't think I uh, could have nailed it any better in college. Wow, that's awesome. It's pretty rare to know exactly what you want to do and then go off and do it like that. Yeah, well, it was actually a a long journey and a a long pathway to to get where we were. And and I wouldn't even say I envisioned getting to where I am now. I kind of wanted to get into sales and and be a a traveling sales guy in those early years. But it it is funny how how life kind of works out. Yeah, for sure. So from that early age, how did your passion for business and the level of design that you bring to building brands, like where did that come from? How did that develop? I think I'm really drawn to entrepreneurship and, and specifically more of like the creative side of entrepreneurship, being able to formulate an idea or, or create a vision and then to bring that to reality is just really rewarding and engaging. I remember in grade school, probably like third grade or fourth grade, me and my buddies, we uh, raided my mom's kitchen pantry and we found anything that was in powder form and we repackaged it into some straws. We taped up those straws and, and resold them as C and E sticks, which were for my friend's name, CP, and my name, Eric. So C and E sticks, and uh, they were a competitor to uh, Pixie sticks. So uh, we had a little ledger book, and uh, I think we sold one of them. Got frustrated when everyone else told us no, and then what did we do? We liquidated the inventory to one person for a dollar. So that that was my first memory of entrepreneurship, and ever since then, I've, I've kind of had that bug. What a funny story. I love it. And so from there, how did you approach starting your career, you know, before launching Beard Brand? How I describe it to to people now is I had about a 10-year career as a journeyman salesperson. My first job out of college was inbound sales for Dell Computers, and then I progressed and 
I would say, upgraded to outbound sales to uh, uh, working for Cisco Systems. So I was in the tech field. And then I moved with my, my now wife to Charlotte, and I got a job in outside sales in the creative field working for a printing company. And I stayed there for a while, I think like four or five years. And uh, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the, the process of learning how to sell and, and serving customers and being an account manager. And of course, uh, the creative aspect, how to, to produce printed projects and, and design and illustrator. And that's kind of where I did a lot of my self-education in uh, the creative side of things. And then uh, we moved again to Spokane, Washington, where I ended up getting a job as a financial advisor selling uh, investment services. I did that for about a year, and that's when I really ultimately decided that I could not work for people anymore. I could not uh, conform myself to uh, various cultures anymore. I had to be myself. Quit working there and started kind of uh, becoming an entrepreneur. At first, a failed entrepreneur, and then finally a successful entrepreneur. That's awesome. And maybe to dive into that just a little bit more. What was it at that point that really pushed you into doing your own startup specifically? Like, why not just get another job? No, it's, it really is. Uh, I don't like being told what to do, Franco. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't stand that. Like, even I, if, I, if I agree with them and I know they're right, I just hate being told what to do. And, and I'm, I, I do have vision. That's one of the things that one of my skills that I would put down is, is the ability to formulate a vision and execute on it. Every place that I've worked for, I've had visions of ways that it could be done better or executed upon better and, and not having that control or, or having that influence within the organization is a, a little frustrating for me. So I tinkered around with entrepreneurship. You know, even before I started working as a financial advisor, I had a couple of projects that you may or may not call a business, but but things where I tried to be an entrepreneur. And for me, it wasn't until I quit trying to convince my friends to be entrepreneurs and instead focused on finding other entrepreneurs that I found success. When I brought on my business partners, uh, Jeremy and Lindsay to Beard Brand, that's when um, things really connected for me. So talking about Beard Brand, and that makes my job really simple here, can you tell us a little bit more about what the company is all about and what really motivated you to start it? Uh, I had a little bit of facial hair before I uh, worked as a financial advisor. And then, of course, taking the job as a financial advisor, they wanted this all-American uh, crew cut looking guy and suit and tie, you know. And like I, I dig suits and ties. I think they're cool. But like this whole shaker face and wear conservative clothes was not my cup of tea. And I've always felt like I had a little bit more style than I was allowed at Merrill Lynch. And I decided that I can't do this. Like, I can't fake it. I feel like I'm being someone who I'm not. So I quit working there. And that's when I grew my beard out for the first time. And when I say grow my beard out, I mean like a big beard. Like I grew for three months and I'm like, ah, I'm going to go for six months. And then after six months, I was like, ah, I'm going to go for a year. So I ended up growing my beard out for a year. And on the side, I was at this time, I was trying to start up a, a graphic design business. And uh, I would still go to those professional networking events. And I heard the same comments over and over again, like ZZ Top or, you know, Grizzly Adams or Duck Dynasty, all of these like traditional, typical stereotypes of what a guy was with facial hair. And those are all cool guys, but they're not me. Like I don't identify with any of those communities or those interests. And it wasn't until I went to another event with a bunch of other bearded guys that I realized that there's a whole world of beardsmen out there who don't fit these traditional stereotypes. And um, those beardsmen are called 
urban beardsmen. Uh, we coined the term urban beardsmen to describe guys who didn't fit these traditional stereotypes. And what I wanted to do was provide these guys the tools they needed to feel confident about growing a beard out and, and rocking a beard in, in less than conventional situations like lawyers and doctors and entrepreneurs and business people and and sales professionals, how can you wear facial hair when your boss is telling you to shave and your your spouse is telling you to shave and your mom is telling you to shave? So that's how we started. Like Beard Brain was going to foster the community for urban beardsmen. I, I think we really made a, a huge impact on the world, really, so far in, in empowering men to, to rock the look that they want to rock. That's very cool. And I love the idea of coming at it from a community approach, you know, and embracing that new modern identity that doesn't fit with those traditional stereotypes. Exactly. And so how did you guys approach building the first version of the Beard Brand site or product? What was it like launching this type of e-commerce experience in 2012? Yeah. So so back then, like you have to remember, this is this is legitimately like a, a passion project for me. Like I am urban beardsman number one. I am uh trying to, to get this off the ground. And in those early days, like I've got like three other projects I'm working on. I'm, I'm like that typical entrepreneur who talks a bunch, has a bunch of ideas and doesn't actually do anything. I mean, or I do something, but not enough to, to really build it up. So in 2012, what we were essentially doing was just blogging. We had a blog and a YouTube channel. There's really no monetary business associated with it. And in my vision, Beard Brain was always a lifestyle company associated around apparel as that product. And it wasn't until 2013 where we realized that that product should be more of grooming products rather than lifestyle products. But that first year was just creating content, getting it out there and having a little bit of luck to get some publicity. So just touching on that PR comment and pushing it a bit further and looping back into the brand design we quickly spoke about earlier in the episode. After that first year of starting to develop this community and the YouTube channel, how did you really start to build the brand and help it stand out? In those early days, so what had happened is uh, February of 2012, it was pretty much just me getting it started, doing some blog posts, doing some YouTube videos. And then going back to what we talked about earlier, I was able to convince Jeremy and Lindsay to join me on working on Beard Brand. So they joined in like November or December, and we decided to... to to monetize it and to turn it into an e-commerce business. And we launched that e-commerce business the end of January of 2013. You know, for me, those early days was, and, and almost to a certain degree still is, is, is a bootstrap business. So we said, you know, how do we do this in a way that doesn't cost hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, something that we can put money in on the side. And if it does make money, any of those profits, we just put back into the business. We don't take anything out to pay ourselves. So those early months, you know, we're, we're doing like a thousand dollars a month or a couple thousand dollars a month. And if we had any profit, we would put it into, you know, working with a fulfillment partner or, upgrading our packaging or, you know, launching new products. So I didn't pay myself. The founders didn't take any money out of the business until, you know, like 11 months later. I was doing multiple hustles at that time. I had my graphic design business. I had this. And of course, I was very lucky to have my wife support me in those early days as well. So we could have uh, our medical bills paid for and, and all the things that you need to, to, to function in today's society. Yeah, it's always a grind when you're bootstrapping. And so what was the moment or the deal that really served as that spark or the turning point for the business? What took Beard Brand from one of many hustles into a full-time thing? 
it's funny when we, we talk about these early days because I remember specifically like selling this the brand and the vision to my friends and you know they thought it had the potential to do like 200 bucks a month and then when I told them I was like yeah I'm doing like a couple thousand a month they're like blown away they could not comprehend that there's a market out there for guys who wanted to take care of their beards and then uh, we kept on growing you know and, and we went from a thousand a month to three thousand a month to seven thousand a month to 10 and 15,000 a month. And my ideas are like, well, this is clearly now moving from a side hustle to maybe this could be like a, you know, a lifestyle business, right? This could be my full-time gig. My business partners, Lindsay and Jeremy, they can help me on the side, but they, they'll still have their full-time gigs. And it'll just be me. You know, if we make $25,000 a month, that should be enough to, to pay me more than, than I'll ever need. And then uh, we'll kind of live this good little life. And then we got there and then we realized there's so much more opportunity once we got to, to 25,000 and so much more growth ahead of us that we're like, you know, let's let's double down. Like, let's make this a legit business. Let's hire some people to get help. Let's, you know, get Lindsay on board full time to, to help out and to grow it and, and to see if we can actually grow to that original vision of, of a nine figure business, which uh, I still think has the potential if we can and execute right and uh, we made our first hire uh, i think it was in november of 2013 just kept on grinding working hard and, and trying to execute that's amazing and i can only imagine the excitement and going through those different stages so coming back to how you guys approach putting that growth together month after month were there any specific tactics or techniques that you guys leveraged to grow the community and your sales at every stage of your business, you, you have to be flexible and have different techniques. In those early days, you had more time than money. So a lot of my techniques were focused on social media. So that meant a lot of YouTube content, social media, blogging, Tumblr. At the time, we were doing a lot of that. And uh, I was very active on Reddit. It was very transparent on Reddit. And I think we got a lot of exposure on those platforms. So a lot of it was just me being online, just like blabbing my big mouth just trying to get out there. And then um, as we had more resources, we would put them into to marketing. So we, we first started with the low hanging fruit, which was uh, remarketing. And we, we would do that for a while. And then we would try PR, I think was the next one. So we did a bunch of PR for, for a long period of time, just try to get both those links and, and get that exposure out there. And then after that, we extended finally into like Facebook advertising. Uh, I think the last big marketing campaign for us was two years ago when we, we really focused on our email marketing strategy and building campaign flows and, and uh, creating a lot of content via email. And going through all that experimentation, but maybe with the lens of somebody who's just starting out, what kind of advice would you give to them in terms of what to focus on when building a new e-commerce brand? You just got to get out there and do it. Like you personally have to sell, whether it's selling to your friends on Facebook, just getting out on Twitter, jumping in on every conversation, being on Instagram and commenting on people's posts. Like if you're new and you're out there and you want to get noticed, you just got to, you've got to be a pest. You've got to annoy the heck out of people and you got to be okay with that. Because if you really believe in your product and your company, it's your service to tell the world about it. And it's your service to, to notify prospective customers about it because you're going to bring value to their lives. And if you're just going to sit back uh, because you're too afraid of uh, hearing a no or too afraid of annoying someone, then um, the reality is you may not be cut out for entrepreneurship or at least for the early days of entrepreneurship. It might be better to save up and try to buy a business that's already got some traction and, and um, optimize from there. Yeah, I completely agree. 
And so on that note, what's next for Beard Brand in 2018? What are you focused on moving forward? <laughs> there are so many projects on my plate. It, it's still challenging to, to, to bring focus to uh, the things that we should be working on. One of our big goals in 2017 was, was focus and doing the things that we do, but doing them better. So we, we upped our YouTube content up to daily content, which was a big thing for us. And in 2018, we had the same goal. So it's focus. So it's find out what we do, do well, but do it better. So we have a pretty good community, but I think we can make our community better. So we'll be launching uh, our own hosted community forums. We're going to try to create more content on our YouTube channels, try to create better content on our blogs, more thorough articles. And then we're going to continue to expand our product offering. So a lot of people know us as the market leader in beard care, but we're going to continue to grow beyond the beard, which means products like hair care, shampoo, styling products, conditioners, bar soaps, things like that, where Consumers have trusted us to take care of their beards, and, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to trust us to take care of their their hair and their skin as well. That's really exciting. So just a few things on the go then. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it's not even going to stop there, man. Like it's it's just going to keep on grinding. That's awesome. And to just go a bit further on that, like I know it's early days, but how do you see your approach in expanding into these other product verticals? How do you extend the trust that's been established in your brand to things like skin or hair care? First, it starts by, um, I told one of my team members this, is like our goal here is to over-promise and then over-deliver. That means you've got to build fundamentally like world-class, class-leading products, but also understand that, that different people um, need different products. So education of those products is going to help make sure that people are using the products properly and, and they have the right expectations for how the product is going to perform because we don't want bad user experiences where they think, hey, this beard oil is going to make me grow a really full, thick beard when that's not even the intent of the product. So continuing to, to, to educate and to inform and and starting with our customers and, and just trying to, to build from there. And I think if we have class leading products that do more than we say it'll do, then they'll tell their friends and they'll share the word and, and grow from there. But from a branding perspective, we've always said and, and we'll continue to say, you know, it's not about, about uh, it's about the guy's right to grow his beard, but as well as his right to shave the beard and rock the beard that he wants to rock. So in a world where there's a, a lot of our competitors are saying, hey, you got to be a man and grow a beard or you're not a, a man unless you have a beard or, you know, traditional kind of machoism. Uh, we've really stayed away from that. And I think a lot of our audience has picked up on that and they realize it's, it's about becoming a better version of yourself. And, and our tagline exemplifies that uh, with keep on growing is our tagline. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And so on the topic of resources around either building a brand or scaling an e-commerce company, are there any resources that you keep coming back to and would recommend to others? So I'm not the, the biggest fan of reading. I'll do a little bit of it or, or I'll read like short articles. So I'm subscribed to a, a few newsletter to, to get my inspiration. The Hustle is a really fun newsletter. It's kind of like business entertainment to me. And then uh, message boards and communities are really important to me to be able to pick the brains of other people who are uh, successful. I personally am in a member of uh, a community called the Dynamite Circle, which is more about kind of uh, building a business that can be location independent. 
And then uh, another really good one for e-commerce businesses is called uh, E-Commerce Fuel, uh, put on by Andrew Udarian. And I, I go into those communities and, and uh, will pick the brains of, of people who are far smarter than me. And then just find people who I'm inspired by, like the people at Glossier, right? Tristan Walker with Walker & Company, Bevel, and Tobias Van Schneider and what he's doing. And just try to surround myself like on Twitter with with really influential and, and industry leading type of people. Yeah, that's solid advice. And I'll make sure that we link to all those super valuable folks and resources so everyone listening can also check them out. And so given all the stuff that we've talked about today, do you have any last thoughts or words of advice to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, uh, for all those out there who are struggling to, to get started, I think Nike's tagline really names it. And it's just do it. Just get out there and do it. Make your mistakes. Don't worry about it. Put yourself in a position to uh, learn and to fail, but not cataclysmic failure. You know, something that you'll be able to stand back up and dust yourself off. And and then, um, yeah, man, if you've got any kind of uh, facial hair or or skin or hair, then head over to beardbrand.com and and, uh, treat yourself to something nice because you're worth it, man. Absolutely. I couldn't think of a better way to end the episode. Eric, thanks a ton for being on the show, man. My pleasure, man. I really enjoyed it. And uh, you've got a great podcast. So uh, hopefully uh, the listeners were able to take a couple tips from this. Thanks for listening. Commerce Growth Lab is recorded and produced by me. There's no massive team behind it. And so I'd love your help in growing the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show or share a link on social media. You can find out more about the show our guests, and everything commerce-related by visiting our site at www.commercegrowthlab.com. Follow us on Twitter at ComGrowthLab, that's com with two Ms, or join the community on Facebook at Commerce Growth Lab. We couldn't do the show without your awesome support, so thanks for listening.